Okay, hi, I am Dan. Hi, I'm Jenny. And this is Rookie Movie Reviews. We are sitting here with our co-host, Pugsley. Ow. He is a very uh, non-participatory co-host, but he's hiding out in here because we brought a new member of the family home. Jenny, how would you describe this member of the family? I, it's not a it's not a human. <laughs> it is a cat. <laughs> yeah, it's a cat. Uh we've extended our love and arms uh what we've opened our hearts. We've opened our cat owning hearts to a demon. He is a three and a half month old uh short haired gray tabby named Cabbage. Captain Cabbage. Uh, yeah. He uh they're not getting along great. We tried to slowly introduce them, and then we saw some hot tips like, oh, just like let them hang out. And on day two, we did that. Now they fight all the time. Yeah. I'll say it was day three. All right. Day four, even. Uh, they just don't get along, and maybe our resident cat won't care for this kitten. Uh, he is a bit of a hellion. Uh, he, the kitten? Yeah. Yeah. He has a lot of energy. Right now, he's sleeping. To he looks work very up that angelic energy. and cute, but he will be a bastard soon. But I, I already love him. And, you know, Captain Cabbage is a member of the family, so. I have a cat toy if you heard that air. Yeah, that air came in. <laughs> I saw you trying to blow into it like some sort of cat toy whistle. I thought whistle. it was a whistle. <laughs> I don't mean I to. I put my mouth on a cat toy. I don't mean to out you here, but you put your mouth to the ass of a toy rat and blew into it. So <laughs> it did not make any tone. <laughs> some mistakes were made tonight. Let's get down to business because to defeat the Huns. we have a specific goal today. You're going to no-sell me? I don't know the next line. That's the only part of the song. Let's get down to business to defeat the Hun. Bum, ba, bum, Did ba, bum. they send me daughters? See, that's what I just said. When I asked for sons. That's a pretty heteronormative comment right there. Are we going to cut that out? No. Ooh, my off-key singing in. is staying in. Well, we can cut out the singing if you don't want singing. Yeah, I we'll think it's pretty, pretty good. I'll edit it. And then I'll decide. What three movies did we watch this week? We watched The Cleansing Hour. <laughs> no. And then uh, we watched a couple episodes of Owl House. Which oh, is yeah. a pretty cute one on What Disney. are your thoughts on Cleansing Hour and the Owl House? Yeah. So Don't just breeze by them. We're reviewing. All right. This is a review podcast. Cleansing Hour is a horror movie about this cool priest who is a charlatan. And he... He exercises uh, on live stream, but it's usually set up. And then one night, demons come for real. And I give it an eight. Yeah, on the horror movie scale. Yeah, oh yeah. I think the acting is pretty bad. And some of the dialogue is kind of cheesy. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a sucker for those concepts of... You know, like The Last Exorcism or uh, I forget some of the other samples off the top of my head, but horror movies. The Exorcist? 
taking not the no not exorcism movies but specifically movies where they set it up to make them look good and it's all fake like uh gonjiam haunted asylum the korean oh yeah or hell house yeah where they're kind of like oh we're just gonjiam though okay i'm i'm sorry to to pass on that because i should have given that a oh yeah that movie is awesome before i said oh yeah hell house no those those are both good movies but basically where the main characters of the protagonists are like we're faking it and it's all part of our business and then they get caught by a real demon you know uh that i'm a sucker for that kind of premise and if you are too then uh cleansing hour gonjiam and hell house kind of because they set up a haunted house in a you know demonic hotel or whatever but really good times and then uh owl house is just a cartoon on disney plus that we're watching through about a, a a human that finds her way into the witch world it's a good time it's cute yeah good animation good ideas oh pugsley just took a big snooze breath Those... he's a little congested <sighs> Yeah, he's on his antibiotics. We haven't even said what we watched. We should um, probably start over. No, we're only six minutes in. Oh. Um, so what did we what what did we watch for the goal of furthering our movie review podcast? No more silly answers. No more silly answers. Tell me what we watched for real. We watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We watched all three of them: Sunday, Monday, took a break Tuesday, Wednesday. Now here we are, Friday night recording. Thursday we watched The Cleansing Hour. Yes, which, again, 8 out of 10 on the horror movies here. So we're going to do something a little different this time. We're going to do all three of these movies in one episode, and we are aiming to challenge ourselves to bring that runtime down so we can uh, publish this thing and say, hey, here's a relatively bite-sized piece of content. So our goal is 15 minutes per Lord of the Rings movie. We're going to do away with the traditional summary and all that because who has not seen these movies? And if you're listening to this and you've not seen these movies, even knowing the plot, just just watch them, you know? Yeah. They're, they're the epitome of fantasy, so. Also, real quick, uh, in this house, we believe that all fans are real fans, Yes. And you don't need to be able to pass a hundred question quiz to say, I like Lord of the Rings. And we're saying this because we would not pass a hundred question We're test. also saying this because we watch the theatrical versions, not the extended editions. And we've never read them. No, they are sitting on our bookshelf uh, uncracked. But I, I've seen the theatrical editions a handful of times. They are fun every really? time yeah because you and i watch them together that was the theatrical versions well we just watched the theatrical versions now i'm sorry i'm really sorry uh when you say theatrical my brain said that's extended no no theatrical and extended are yeah i'm aware uh i'm gonna kick your ass well two seconds ago you weren't aware so <laughs> uh do not kick my ass um yeah, I saw it. We watched it together. It was a very fun way of watching movies. We got a cooler of beers between the two of us, sat down on some weekend morning, and just started watching. What time did we start drinking? I want to say around 11. It was before okay. lunch. 
But we started watching Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and just got through all three, uh, crushing through a case of case of beer and not a bad way to spend the weekend. A very Wisconsin way, a very nerd Wisconsin way to spend the weekend. Yeah, uh, I'd recommend it. It was, a, it was a good time. Yeah, if you are in college and you have some free time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or a free weekend and you're not in college because that's what we did. Um, oh, we graduated by then. Yeah, we were living in good old Madtown, and and that's not. We were still. We're young. Twenty-two, right? We're young. <laughs> yeah, something like that. We're um, twenty-six-ish now. Ish, yeah. One week for me. Are you excited? I got all your gifts. Thank you. I ordered your cake. I'm excited uh, for for both of those. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. You're a fantastic uh, birthday day person and a gift giver and everything. Is we have there... to finish that cheesecake before we start eating a new cake. We can have two cakes going at the same time. I don't think we can. I can. I cannot. And you can join me if you want. So, anyway. What we're looking for here is 15 minutes per movie. 45 minutes total. Um, uh, we we're should not... cut a lot of this intro out. Well... I don't view this intro as part of the 15 minutes per movie. Oh, okay. So this is going to be our thoughts, opinions, and general ideas about the Lord of the Rings trilogy from uh, Fellowship of the Ring to Two Towers to uh, Return of the King. And this is going to be 2001 for Fellowship, 2002 for Two Towers, and 2003 for Return of the King, all of them directed by Peter Jackson. Of King Kong fame. <laughs> um, take that out. <laughs> no, it stays. Okay, so The Fellowship of the Rings. The first time I saw this movie was also in a marathon with the extended edition. My sister had gotten her first apartment and she had a roommate. And the roommate was a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. And we had a sleepover party because why not? And the theme of that sleepover was me watching Lord of the Rings for the first time. And this was back in, well, after all of them had aired. So I was still in high school. And I watched all of them in one night. And when I marathon something like that, it's really easy to watch it again later. And then we had our marathon with the cooler of beers. So that second marathon was your second viewing of the movies? Yes. And now... I don't mean to interrupt, but was your first viewing the extended editions in a marathon? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that gets you a lot of cred, I think, in, in the uh, Lord of the Rings community. I to... remember none of it. Well, still, damn, your first viewing is like 12 hours of content. It in one... yeah, stayed up all night. That's awesome. Went to bed at like 4 a.m. Probably fell asleep during the movies. I don't remember much anymore. Same story for my first exposure to the Marvel movies. It was by the time Thor 2 had come out, and it was a sleepover at my friend's house, and we watched, like, all of the Iron Men, Captain America, and Thor. Yeah, it it was up to Winter Soldier by that point, was it not? Yeah, we did not watch Winter Soldier. Uh, But I fell asleep. I I haven't seen Thor. I slept through Thor 1. Well, that, I hear that and the sequel are the worst movies. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok's pretty good. Anyway, back to Lord of the Rings. Uh, Frodo Baggins lives in the Shire with his uncle. Uh, does he live in the same house as the uncle? The movie doesn't make this clear. This is a 
topic of hot debate, and I'm sure it's answered immediately in the books, which I have not read. But I don't think he lives with his uncle, because his uncle leaves him his home bag end. Okay, like, you live with your mom, and your mom dies, and she's like, I leave my house to my son. Yeah. That's common. I suppose. Where are Frodo's parents? Well, Frodo, during Lord of the Rings, is 50. What? He's 50. He's a 50-year-old hobbit. Elijah Wood. Frodo Baggins is 50. Yeah, hobbits are on that same scale of aging. Not not the same scale of aging as elves, but basically the races in Middle-earth do not abide by our concept of aging. So, hobbits, Frodo's 50, that gives you a concept. And by the time... Uh, spoiler alert for Return of the King. By the time Bilbo goes to the West with the elves, yeah, he is like over two hundred to three hundred. Like he's old. Plus, thought... he had the extended life from the One Ring. Uh so Bilbo Baggins in the Fellowship of the Ring is beginning of the movie. They are celebrating his hundred and eleventh birthday. Oh, okay. That. Thank you for calling that out. So he is not. 200 to 300 that was a complete misconception by me um he would be because the journey i think they it say takes 13 13 months. months to the day so he is 112 okay so he's the exactly man... 62 years older than frodo uh-huh and frodo looks about 30 20 you know what by the time you're 30 it, you, you look a little beat up so he's 20 some he looks good for a 50 year old Bilbo Baggins looks like a wet bag wrapped around <laughs> an old chicken. That is the meanest sentence ever constructed about Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> you were saying that, he, okay, okay, the, the ring extends your life. Bilbo Baggins is supposed to be 50 years older than Frodo. It's a reduced aging rate. Why does he look like that at the end of Return of the King? Well, here's... Okay, you raise a good question. And a point I haven't even thought of. Because I remember reading, oh, Frodo during his journey is 50. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Lord of the Rings rules. And then we have Bilbo at the end of Return of the King who is 112 or 113, and he looks like a 113-year-old. You're absolutely right. So part of it is like, oh, Frodo is 50. They age slowly. And that's like, no, they don't. Bilbo <laughs> looks like hell. Ah, I've never, re I've never made this connection in my mind before this moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, Bilbo's ancient. But no, he looks like a fucking 113-year-old human. Oh, you're freaking me out right now. <laughs> Maybe they age slowly up until like 80 and then they just dive bomb and uh, look like, what'd you say? A wet bag <laughs> wrapped around a chicken? <laughs> yeah. God. What? <laughs> You've given me a crisis about aging because. Oh, uh, no, it's okay. It what happens is... to all of us. <laughs> The age of Aragorn during these movies, mm -hmm. 70 something, something. yeah, because he's a, a, one of the last men of Numenor yeah. who have 
been bequeathed ancient uh, powers by elves due to their alliance. The original clan of Isildur. Yeah. So that's something super cool. We Jenny and I were just watching uh, a video about Lord of the Rings history. And men, some of them, were bequeathed unnatural long life and great power by high elves. And they lived on the island of Numenor. And then the villain came and convinced them to rebel. And some of them rebelled against the high elves. And some of them said, no, I'm going to stay true to the high elves. So those people that stayed true to the high elves, when you watch Fellowship of the Ring, all those guys in the beginning of the movie that like cut off the hand of Sauron and all that, those are Numenorians. Those are the original well, high elf blessed men. The the one who actually cuts off Saruman's hand is um, Arathorn. Isildur. Isildur, fuck. Who I think is the father of Arathorn, who is the father of Aragorn. Okay. So, you've so got it's a direct there. line. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, there's so much history in these movies because mm-hmm. there's so much history in the books. And I didn't know that it's dumb because The Hobbit is canonically coming first from Lord of the Rings. But I did not know Tolkien wrote The Hobbit before Lord of the Rings. I, I thought it was like a prequel. But Lord of the Rings is a sequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it's crazy. And I think that all of this establishing lore really ties into Fellowship of the Ring as the whole. Because I think you said this after we watched Fellowship. When you finish that movie, nothing happens. Like, you get the ring and all that, and you get all the backstory. But the end of Fellowship of the Ring is Frodo setting out on his journey to destroy the ring. Yeah. So when you think of Lord of the Rings, you're like, oh, yeah. Frodo and Sam are going to Mount Doom to destroy the One Ring of Power. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't even begin to happen until Two Towers Mm-mm. and into Return of the King. So Fellowship of the Ring is really good, but it is all set up. Yeah. I I wonder I wonder who the target audience was meant to be in 2001 when this movie was released. Because Lord of the Rings came out in the 1960s. So that's like old school nerd. That's like if Name of the Wind doesn't come out until 2040. That's one of the things that I got a lot of enjoyment of watching the movie. It's just this extra level of enjoyment to me. To th- like, I have this thought going very similar to when Iron Man came out and the Hulk movies, but those were kind of bad. But when Iron Man came out and the MCU really got started, just to think of... Like, oh, everybody likes these movies because they're fun and entertaining and they're well-made. But there's probably this level of gratification and enjoyment for people that have been in that fandom that I just get a another level of enjoyment thinking of how exciting it must have been to see a really well-crafted version of a story that they've been invested in for many years get brought to, like, public, the public eye. Yeah. But also there's a lot of criticisms about inconsistencies and inaccuracies. But uh, yeah, like, what crowd was it made for? I I don't know, man. Fantasy nerds and then Peter Jackson was like, this is a good, a fun story. It would be a good movie. And then ba-bam, we have the, the trilogy. It's very exciting. What is some stuff that, I don't know, uh, since we're going in an unconventional format, 
what are some things about Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings that you really liked and disliked? What What is some stuff that you remember even now after we marathoned all three as being impressive? So uh, I think the the Shire is really cool. It's really interesting yes. to see all the hobbits and their lifestyle. If I could, if I could choose somewhere to live from a fantasy realm, it would be a hobbit hole in the Shire. Yeah, like Bilbo's house. You'd be too house. big. Well, yeah, it'd be scaled up. Would you shrink? Oh, it would scale it up. Would have to, it would. I can. I can't shrink. I'm this height. <laughs> 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 I have no magics. I think the UX of a doorknob in the center of a door is really bad. Horrible. Why did they settle on that? It you should would, lift up. You would think at some point someone would move it off center accidentally and be like, this is way better. Let's try away at the edge. And it's like, whoa. This is and so much not easier. a circle, maybe a square instead for better, better insulation. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, this is way less work. Over a greater distance. <laughs> Fucking happy equals MA, huh? Turns out they did not have Newton in, no. in the Shire. <laughs> there was no Tolkien Newton version uh, having apples fall on his head. All the characters are amazing and the fellowship is amazing. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about this movie is the emotional heights that it can establish off of. Honestly, it's two and a half hours, so it's a long runtime. Yeah. But you get both two of the most emotional moments of the trilogy, in my opinion, which is the escape from the Mines of Moria, where Gandalf dies and says, you shall not pass. Yeah. Which everybody knows. And the death of Boromir, as he continues fighting after getting shot with like three arrows. It does such amazing um, emotional impact for characters that, in the grand scheme of things, you barely know. Yeah, and this is the most lighthearted in the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's uh, all the jokes and Merry and Pippin are at their most whimsical. Yeah. All that. It does a lot of... It does good some uh, good character development. Because the rest of the trilogy is suffering. It is. It's, it's good dark. setup. It's good setup. I want to also call out... The, the work that goes into the settings is amazing, but I think of all of the things that are impressive on a makeup world-building level are the outfits, particularly of orcs and, you know, the, the dark forces. These things Costuming? Are, yeah, thank, yeah. These things are disgusting. Yeah. When they get... Oh. Okay, so there's like an orc foundry... In this movie, good word. where they get peeled out of skin bags. It's basically like so Neo good. coming out in the Matrix. Oh my god! <laughs> Which ties back to our last episode. Check it out. The and Matrix. then tweet at us at rmr underscore podcast or rookiemoviereviews.com or rookiemoviereviews on Facebook. Yeah, the the membrane. Of the, you're referring to the, the Urukai. <laughs> Yeah, they get the Urukai the Uruk birthed yeah, yeah, yeah. out of egg sacs. What, uh, pray tell, what is the difference between a goblin, an Urukai, and an orc? Um, are you, you're, you're quizzing me on the video we watched. Uh, the <laughs> goblins and the orcs were basically established in Tolkien's world as being, like, evil things. And then when he started writing Lord of the Rings, he had to come up with a reason. 
and he decided that in his pantheon of gods uh the evil god who sang discord into the world would craft orcs but it was established that only the one monotheistic god could create life Eru luvatar so he redconned it to say oh the evil god uh, malcor actually kidnapped some elves and tortured them and twisted them into orcs so orcs are twisted elves and then Urukai are like the crossbreeding of man and orc uh, as engineered by Saruman, the former white wizard. So that is where it is. And we're at 15 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. So we're cutting into two tower time. Real quick, Jenny, rate. I need you to rate Fellowship of the Ring okay. on a scale of 1 to 10. And I'm going to write it down with this big marker that is the only writing utensil I can find. <laughs> Uh, I, I would give it a seven. Seven? Okay. Uh, you know, I, I Come agree. On. Seven, seven. I agree. Seven. <laughs> okay. Okay, so seven. Boromir died at the end of the last one, and at the two towers, it opens up again at Gandalf at the, and the Balrog. The, the Balrog. And yeah. it's good. It's good. Uh, so this is intense. We're not supposed to do summary. I just really appreciate that he fought it. It's good. It's a good time. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. It is so cool. Like, he falls from the peak of the mountain to a lake underground and then back up to the peak of a different mountain. Like, it just conveys this epic battle uh, between these two because they are both angelic forces, pretty much. Mm -hmm. They're both, like, demigods or full-on gods. Um, the Balrog and, and Gandalf. So yeah. uh, it it is a very cool scene. And the 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 Balrog comes because the dwarves have mined too deep, which too implies too deep. <laughs> which implies hell is really down there. It's in the magma. Yeah, I guess it does, huh? I think two towers. Okay, um, when watching these so close to one another, mm -hmm. two towers is my least favorite. I'd agree. But it's got the mm. greatest sequence. I don't want to give it lower than a 7, though. Well, that's a thing. We'll come back. We'll come back. I'm not going to give it lower than a 7. No. None of these. No, no, no. And even 7, I mean, I feel like our rating system is so whatever we're feeling on the day. Yeah. But the 7 is in context of these three movies. Sure. Yes. Good point. And... While plot-wise, Two Towers is my least favorite, it's got the goddamn Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah. Which is incredible. It's amazing. Like Death! That, that's not until uh, that's not until the Battle of Minas Tirith. And oh, my bad. Thing. Because of the King of Gondor. Spoiler alert, who comes back? Is, not Gondor. Goddamn Rohan. Is this the movie where... We see um, King Theoden come back. Yeah, like... Theoden and Jafar. Jafar? <sighs> Why do you say Jafar? Is that the voice actor? No, it's not the voice actor at all. Just his skeevy advisor. Oh, <laughs> uh, Grima warmed up. I was super stoked. I thought you had some deep cut IMDb. No, man. It was just a reference to a ah, Disney movie. It's a good reference. And it is accurate. Grima Wormtongue is advising Theoden King. And he's a servant of Saruman, who is a servant of Sauron. Theoden. Uh, Theoden. Why do I feel like the Latin root of that is king? Theo. 
Because Leo. it probably is. Leo? Leon. As, you know, Lion King. Uh, uh, what J.R.R. Tolkien was obsessed with language. Yeah. So, Theo, I'm, I'm not going to look it up, but I'm Some, sure. Something about it. Uh, also, a fucking Billy the Butcher is the writer of Rohan. Thank you, yes. The, he's the captain of uh, Rohan or something? He's yeah, the yeah. Leader of the he's Aomer, who is the leader of the Aodin, who are the writers of Rohan, who abandoned the kingdom after Theoden lost his throne. Uh, Aomer was exiled. Well, not lost his throne, but after Aomer was exiled because of the... The guy who looks maced in the eyes. Uh, are you referring to the Grima Wormtongue? Grima Wormtongue. Or time. King Theoden, who was the old man. Because they both had very watery red eyes. Wormtongue has... He looks like he got pocket sanded in the face. He looks like a sick Severus Snape. Yeah. Yeah, he's disgusting. A sick Severus Snape might be worse than a wet bag around a raw chicken. Wet bag around a raw chicken is categorically meaner <laughs> to describe someone than a sick Snape. Because at the very least, Alan Rickman, you know, he's got that Hollywood charm. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I really like about this whole movie is basically the B-plot. Because, as I said earlier, when you think of Lord of the Rings, you're like Frodo and Sam destroying the ring. But Two Towers is about Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn Mm -hmm. chasing Merry and Pippin across the entire Middle Earth uh, to rescue them. Because they say, at the end of Fellowship, they're like, Merry and Pippin shall not die and suffer by our hands. We will save them. And they find more meaning in their Fellowship. And that takes them to Rohan. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli is the real fellowship. Thank you for saying it, because 100%. Yeah. They're they're also good. Even Legolas, the aloof, uh, kind of detached elf, he is just... Orlando so Bloom. Yeah, he killed... What like, the hell? He killed it, man. I don't even know what movies he's in these days. I don't either. I don't either. He was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, he's um, he's the son of Bootstrap Bill, and I don't know why I remember Bootstrap Bill, but not the main character. Uh, his name's William. William, um, Bootstrap. Tell... <laughs> <laughs> Bill Bootstrap. <laughs> Bootstrap Bill. Wow, <laughs> that's so convenient. That's your last name. Uh, yeah, Orlando Bloom is just Legolas and William. What is he even doing, man? I don't know. He's being rich. Hopefully he's not a Scientologist, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's good as Legolas. Okay, that, that's all I got to say about that. But yeah, the, the adventure of Aragorn, Gimli, they're the real fellowship. Their adventure is the real exciting thing. To the point that when we cut back to Frodo and Sam and uh, Gollum, we haven't talked about Gollum. Oh yeah, he gets introduced in this movie. Yeah, he, well, not he's basically a side character but... in Fellowship. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think of Gollum on the whole? So. I guess at least up to this point. Up to this point. Gollum. Gollum. Uh, He's a creepy character. I think he's really good. He's not a villain. He's just this evil beast of a thing with his own motivations. And I never really, I never really consider him 
Like, oh yeah, Gollum, that little shit, he's gonna try to take the ring the whole time. He's he's part of the story, but like I really I don't have deep emotion about him. What about you? I he he is the wedge between Sam and Frodo, and that's more in Return of the King, but it really stresses me out. In Two Towers, I think this is real nitpicky. I, I feel like a shithead for even saying it, but it really drew me out of the movie multiple times. This is not just Gollum, but it's more pertinent to Gollum, where everything about him looks so shitty. Yeah. Like, the CG in these movies just have not aged. There's multiple times where you'll get sweeping, establishing shots of, like, a massive industry in uh, in Isengard, or, like, a lot of tunnels and things in Isengard, or big sweeping shots of the battlefield, and you look at it and you see all of these CG or at least computer-generated uh, or imposed on landscape figures, and it looks really bad, and you're like, oh, God, like, looking at his sucks. There's actually one scene, this is not until Return of the King. Uh, in Return of the King, when the Black Gates are opening, and I wonder if you remember the scene, it's a shot straight across the black gates and then they start to open and you see figures standing on either side of the black gate as they open and they've it has to be via cg and they put people standing on the black gate as it opens and it just looks so bad like they're kind of just sliding along as the black gate opens and the perspective is all weird but Gollum, when i think of Gollum, i think of the most aged part of these movies yeah just because he's so central to the plot, too. Mm-hmm. He has to be included frequently. And 2000s, uh, I mean... We we watched this uh, YouTube series called Stuntmen React. And they talk about, oh, practical effects are perceived as better because of John Carpenter is the thing. And that's not necessarily true. Sometimes CGI can be done well. But when an entire character is CG... It can't hold up two decades later. Yeah, and directors and, you know, cinematographers or whoever just think like, oh, yeah, that looks really good. This is awesome. Today. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, if if you draw or if you write or whatever or do any creative endeavor, you look back on what you did to start and you're like, this is really embarrassingly bad. You yeah. know, it's, it's really shit. For the last three minutes do you want to talk about the battle of helm's deep yes helm's deep it's really good go ahead it's it's a lot of killing it's great it's awesome (laughs) kids go into the war it's really jarring to see an eight-year-old get a machete and it's like oh what the fuck and then they're in the middle of fighting and then all the elf warriors come and how do the helm's deep archers feel they're gonna get outmatched it's terrible and then the elts, the elts, the ents aren't coming yet. This is cutting back to Merry and Pippin. And we see Legolas and Gimli really bond over the murdering of orcs, which is fucked up, but okay. And oh, I don't know. Sam orcs. has an. This. Uh, let's. You give your words on Helm's Deep, real quick. Uh, Helm's Deep is awesome. And it has so many heroic moments, like where Aragorn tosses Gimli to hold the gate. And the elves show up, and I forget that one elf's name, but the main elf guy who is like the captain of the elf guard. 
you desire to speak it's with him? It's not that guy. It's a different guy. Um, but he's basically the captain of the elf regiment. He dies and it's very heroic because him and Aragorn have a bond because Aragorn speaks Elvish and is from Numenor and all that. Hmm. But Helm's Deep is just so sick. And then on the dawn of the fifth day, Gandalf comes over the ridge with the riders of Rohan. I mean, Helm's Deep is just this whole segment that is hyper heroic and has all these peaks and valleys and is so much fun to watch. It's It's got to be the best battle put to the screen. But uh, did you have any closing thoughts about Two Towers? Yeah, I think Sam's speech at the end about heroes and fighting. What were they doing? They were holding on that there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. And that motivation for Samwise, I think, brings a lot of context to his actions through Return of the King. That he he really believes in heroes and he really believes a person can be a hero. Yeah, well said. I love Sam. Sam's great. He's also good in Stranger Things when he's not Sam. When he's Bill. <laughs> yeah, and he's good in Fifty First States. When he's the brother of the amnesiac woman who Adam Sandler tries to swim. Oh! Um, I didn't know that was Sam. It was Sam. One thing this movie made me realize was that Frodo and Sam are my least favorite part of this trilogy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, I'm watching it for Helm's Deep yeah. and the Battle of Minas Tirith and the growth of Merry and Pippin and obviously Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. They are uh, they are the exciting parts. And then Frodo and Sam, I mean, they're inspirational. And as you say with the speech, it's fantastic. But when we cut back to Osgiliath after Sam and Frodo were captured by um, Faramir, I had the legitimate thought like, oh, right, they're here. You know, they're involved. But, uh, in any case... The Faramir, uh, he looks like that actor whose name I always forget, who was in Frank, and he's in Star Wars. I googled, yes, it, it's not the guy, but um, I, I forget, fuck, I forget his name too, I'm gonna Google it real quick. Uh, we should always know it, we Google it every time, and it's a very unique name, and I feel bad. I bet if it was some shit like Kevin... Smith, <laughs> we'd remember it, but because it's a little new, unique, and it's not Zendaya or whatever, it's not unique enough. That's bad UX. Dom Hall Gleason. Dom Hall Fuck. Gleason. We knew that. <laughs> uh, He's a great actor. He is. But that's Frank not is also great. Uh, it's not Farmir. Will you please rate two towers on three? Should we do it oh, on three? Oh, oh, oh okay. Uh, one, two, three, eight. Seven. Seven and a half. Okay. Just giving sevens because I'm gearing up to give Return of the King <laughs> a much higher number. And it'll all average out in the end. Oh boy. So Two Towers gets seven point five. You know, Pugsley looks a little bit like Gollum right now. Pugsley is a very decrepit creature. No. Who is Can you be decrepit when you're overweight? Yeah, I always think of decrepit as like um not necessarily full thin and bony. Bodied. You can be decrepit and full-bodied if you're like 
pal, you're, you have a sickly uh, pallor and all that. He's not sickly. He's not decrepit. He is not a wet bag around a raw chicken in any way. Thank you for bringing that back. That is true. It'll be here for every movie. <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Okay. Return of the King. Talk about it for Dan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's no way Smeagol's language pattern is the same as it was when he was a hobbit. He must, it must have, when you're isolated, there are speech impediments that get worse. This is fact. Isolation is bad. Humans need contact. Hobbits need contact. So the beginning of Return of the King with Smeagol killing his cousin Deagle for the ring his speech patterns being the same as they are when he is Gollum is bullshit. Yeah, I won't disagree with you on that. Okay, great. Uh, so anyway, we learn about some more spots. Uh, Minas Tirith, which becomes pretty central. Uh, we, we have not even talked about how Aragorn has a side plot love story with Arwen and Aeolin. So Arwen is an elf woman. And she is supposed to die soon? Okay, I am happy that you brought us here because I don't jive with any of the elf shit at all. <laughs> I hate the elf stuff. None of it makes sense. It's borderline laughable at points. Like, what is the scene in Fellowship uh, where Frodo gets stabbed by one of the ring wraiths? Oh, yeah. And, and then they have to Agent ride. Smith. Yeah. Is screaming in the background. They they have this segment that honest to God looks like a PowerPoint transition because Frodo is tripping out on weird ring wraith stab wound juice or something. <laughs> and Arwen the elf is bringing Frodo to the elves of Rivendell to heal him. And as he's tripping out, we get these weird close-ups of Agent Smith who is played by um, Hugo Weaving. Yep. And Well, that's Red Skull. Yeah, Red Skull. Uh, so we get close-ups of Red Skull and Arwen, whose name I looked up when we watched Fellowship, but I forgot. Caitlin Livy? Livy... Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Thank you. So these close-ups where they like lean into the camera and lean out, and they it looks like... You know how on Zoom backgrounds it kind of fuzzes around your head and hair? Yeah. That's what yeah. this effect is. It's really Weird bad. transparency. Yeah, it looks like ethereal. shit. And Arwen has forsaken immortal life of elfdom to be with Aragorn. And they say like, oh yeah, she chose immortal life. But then in Return of the King it's like, not that she chose immortal life. She's dying because her life force is now connected to the ring. And Sauron is becoming powerful, so it's killing her. And Aragorn has to get back to her, otherwise she's going to... Like, it's so vague, and the elves are such assholes, and they're so detached, <laughs> and all of their effects and mannerisms are unappealing and in a... In the movie, it just comes off as like, this person is a shithead. Not, oh, this person is a detached, higher form of immortal life. It's like, fuck this guy. I wonder how Asshole. many how many mega fans? If we got a mega fan, I wonder how angry they are right now. 
I hope they're angry. I don't like elves. I don't like any of the elf stuff. Do you like the elf stuff? I like Legolas. Well, he's not elf. He's fellowship stuff. Oh. Legolas is not. I like it when they come to the aid of Helm's Deep. Okay. I grant you that. That is even made more potent by the fact that they're so haughty and uh, reserved. Twitty, Yeah. Um, I... And also they own dominion over who gets to carry the ring. What do you, say, what do you mean? Well, they got to decide that it was Frodo who would carry the ring. Pugsley, I, like, hugged my hand just now. I saw that. That was cute. I think it was Gandalf that picked, that confirmed Frodo carried the ring. Oh, okay. Because he's basically well, the Well, that's God fellowship stuff. People. Come on, we gotta go. That's fellowship stuff, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, as far as Lord of the Rings Return of the King stuff, which king of Angmar? Very, Badass. Uh, very, very cool. Rides on his... He's Lord of the Nazgul, who are the dead kings who swore their swore their fealty to Sauron because yes. of their power lost with the ring. Yeah, they were the nine men who are given rings of power, and I even wrote down in my notes: elf shit is dumb. Uh. Minus, <laughs> <laughs> I took points off this movie for elf shit. Uh, That's very really fun. Denethor. Denethor. I feel like, uh, so Denethor, yeah, he is, he reminds me a lot in Game of Thrones, uh, you know who I'm talking about, that lord. The lord who kills everyone at the Red Wedding. Oh, and I know this Walder movie, Frey. Walder Frey. Yes. And I know Denethor comes first, but Walder Frey is who he really reminds me of. Well, uh, uh Storm of Swords was published, oh, here I am talking about publishing, and Lord of the Rings was... 57. Yeah, so I take that back. But uh, you were saying Denethor. Real dirty guy. Bad. Bad man. The tomato eating scene. Yeah, there are memes. Uh, Lord of the Ring memes out there that Denethor eating the tomato is worse than the orcs, orcs cannibalizing earlier on with Merry and Pippin when they make their escape. We don't. We're not talking about plot points at all. This is really assuming you've seen the movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, you should see the movie. This is just we've got, what is it? Uh, two and a half to five, eight hours of movie here, to talk about. You know, so and we're just chomping at the bit with highlights. I like talking about highlights. It's my I love favorite highlights. parts of the movie. Um, okay, that's fine. Denethor is this evil tyrant who currently holds the land of Gondor, and he does not want the king to return because that threatens his lordship. Meanwhile, he's also losing his mind over the loss of his son Boromir, and he does not care for his son Faramir, though when Faramir loses in battle and comes home wounded, he insists they will burn together. And thus they do. And I don't think Faramir survives. Faramir does survive. Uh, oh, okay. Denethor is the ultimate end dad. Emotionally. Faramir survives emotionally? No. He does not survive emotionally. No. Yeah, so he's going to get burned alive, but um, Mary and Gandalf uh, save, him. save him from the funeral pyre. 
And then we get the scene of Denethor running off the tip of Minas Tirith on fire, which is a staggeringly far distance yeah. to run when you are burning. <laughs> it's it it's jarring when they cut to the wide shot and you're like, oh shit, he was running for like a minute. Uh, a min- like a real life minute on fire. But he just got there. He just did it. I'm just saying there's no way Faramir is okay after this. And it's good that Aragorn is going to be king again. I agree. 100%. The Battle of Minas Tirith is awesome. This movie has two... Death! Yes. This is the movie with Theoden King uh, doing his like, It is a sword day. A red day. Death! And they just screamed at... Ah, oh, fuck. And of course his daughter and Pippin are... Eowyn. Uh, yes, Eowyn and Pippin are... That's um, Mary. I got this screwed up a couple times. So I thought Mariadoc and Peregrine. Okay, you're yeah, Pippin is the steward of Minister. Thank you. Um, so you are correct. Mary is with uh Theoden as they march on Minasterith to attack to save them. And uh Theoden's speech is amazing. And I have definitely looked it up on YouTube, independent of the movies, to watch it and give myself goosebumps. For Zeon? Yes. It's so good. And then this this whole battle is sick. And again, you get the same sweeps and peaks and valleys of Helm's Deep. Because they are winning. And then the elephants show up. The Oliphants. The Oliphants and like it's like, oh, we're going to lose now. And then who shows up but the Eagles? You know, fucking amazing battle. Do you have anything that you don't like about the movie or anything that yeah, really I think got you hyped? I think it's bullshit that Aragorn let go of the dead kings before they try to attack Mordor. Yeah, I mean... They would have been a cheat code. We... <laughs> Yeah, we obviously both know the reason that he did let them go, but you know I agree a hundred percent that it would have made it much easier, man. Aragorn is a good leader. He's a he's a diplomat, but sometimes diplomacy is unwarranted in the face of a greater evil. In the grand scope of things, <laughs> I wonder what the consequences would be if he's like, "I don't release you yet. We're gonna go attack Mordor." It would probably be like in the Pirates of the Caribbean. What do you you mean? Well, he would probably get Davy Jones to come eat him. What? I don't follow. So in the Pirates of the Caribbean, those pirates are undead soldiers. And they are cursed because uh, they tried to take the loot from Davy Jones' locker. Oh, so if Aragorn said you're not released, then he would also become cursed. Okay, no, so. no. He would get eaten by Davy Jones. The octopus. Oh, Davy Jones would come from the Pirates of the I'm Caribbean franchise. Silly. I see, and he would eat Aragorn. Uh, so he probably... Well, there's a reason the elf chose that breed of men. To bless. Yeah. Aragorn yeah. has that blood. He's a, he's just, he's fair. And it works out anyhow. Also, how out of the fucking blue does that feel? You know, the undead army? I guess, okay, my suspension of disbelief. 
There's orc and fae, etc. But ghost armies are like, what? I like at the very least that they have established that, you know, it was an actual army. It wasn't just like, there's legends of a ghost army in this mountain. It's like, no, this mountain's haunted and it's specifically haunted by Isildur's betrayers. And you're the heir to Isildur, so you can go get them if you want. And the reason he can yield them is because he has their reunited shards of... God, what's that sword's name? It was like Morning Dawn or like mm. Isildur's sword is reforged into a new sword. Yeah. Anyway, the Nazgul king, the 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 witch king, and uh, Anakin, the witch king Darth Vader gets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? What? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> He just started saying Star Wars words. <laughs> Angmar. Angmar, yeah. Angmar the Witch King. Yes. Angmar the Witch King cannot be killed by a man, which is some weak-ass Shakespeare shit. Same as the story of Macbeth and uh, Dunsinay. I think that's it. Uh, oh. Where the... The king cannot be killed by any man born a woman. And it turns out that the enemy was a C-section. Like, come on! Who writes these prophecies? Fucking genies? <laughs> Gonna twist our words around? It's bullshit. It's, it's all monkey pod bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Pet cemetery? Goddamn. Stephen King saw these and he's like, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> right about it. Um, of course, the ending of Return of the King as well is very, very awesome. Uh, the journey has been complete. And we get to see Frodo, Sam, destroy the ring. Frodo gets his ring finger bitten off, which is disgusting. And then they're saved by the eagles and... One of the most gratifying scenes in the entire trilogy. Aragorn is crowned king and then Frodo and Sam bow to him. Uh, and Merry and Pippin. And he says, my friends, you bow to no man. And then everybody at the coronation bows to these four. And it's like, fuck. So uh, thrilling, gratifying, uh, fulfilling, all that. And more. It, it is. It's a culmination of what I say earlier: eight hours of of movies into these guys being heroes. Even more hours if you watch the extended edition, which we did not. But uh, just the perfect cap to the whole trilogy. There's a lot we didn't talk about, but um, yeah, Return of the King is fantastic. We're a minute. Uh, we're two minutes over the fifteen minute run for return of the king here i was trying to look up because i know i got i got it wrong the shakespeare stuff uh <laughs> and i haven't found it yet oh that's okay i mean i know it's in macbeth i think it's duncan son i don't know at all so you could say any names and i believe you and also i think your uh your references land so cool well do you want to rate this one or do you want to spend some time and find 
the Shakespeare thing? No, we. Uh, for my own satisfaction, I will find it on my own time. But in the meantime, one, two, two three, three, nine. Nine. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The movie rules. Return of the King rules. Lord of the Rings rules. And the ratings of the prior two are in context of Lord of the Rings trilogy. So it's going to be like, oh, it's worse than whatever on your list, you know? Uh, but uh, I don't know exactly. Um, they're just great movies. So thank you for listening to this little experiment of um, no plot summary at all. Yeah, it was supposed to be kind of a quick one. Uh, yeah, I think it turned to, out okay. We stuck to what we said we would stick to. But uh, I'm going to run through our socials real quick here. We got at RMR underscore podcast on Twitter. Follow us there. Rookie Movie Reviews on Facebook. And at Rookie Movie Reviews on Instagram. And of course, we got an email over at Rookie Movie Review, singular, no S, at gmail.com. And our website is going to be RookieMovieReviews.com. So hit us up on all of that stuff. And again, the final tally is Fellowship of the Ring 7. Two Towers, seven and a half, and Return of the King, nine. These are some damn good movies. Jenny, any closing thoughts or statements? I'm trying to find an email from a coworker when I asked her for some information. Uh, so I'm 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 annoyed. I'm, Goodbye. <laughs> I'm working on work stuff stuff in my leisure time. In my leisure work stuff. You can cut this out. Hold on. Final thoughts. I've got a fluffy boy to my left. He is orange and I love him. And across the way, there is a gray-brown goblin. My orc sword is shining. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>